Uh, we're in a series right now. If you'll put that behind me, uh, I'd love for us to say it all together. It says on three now, one, two, three, we believe in who we are, what we do, where we are going, and why we do. Today, I want to talk to you about what we do. Uh, a few weeks ago, talked about the why. How many of you can remember the why, why we do what we do? Can we say that all together? Love. If that's not our motivation, then we need to change our motivation because everything should be done out of love. We give because we love. We put on a City Fall Fest because we love. We share Jesus because we love. We serve because we love. Everything. Hey, good to see you, man. I haven't seen you in a while. God bless you. It's my buddy. I haven't seen him in a long, I'm sorry. I just, good to see you. We do all we do because we love, amen? That's our greatest motivation. The Bible says the greatest is, and if the greatest is love, should that not be your motivation? Amen? Why did you get married? It's all about love. So the why, the why has to be the love. So we talked about the why. If that's not your why today, you need to, I think, search your motives. And then we talked about what we believe. At the end of the day, I believe what we believe is all lined up with God's word. There's many things that we believe, but I'm going to tell you right now, it all has to trace back to the word of God. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, or seated in the seat of scornful. That means it's important with who you hang out with. But his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And in his law, he doth meditate day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall. Wonderful. A lot of times we want to prosper, but where does it come from? It comes from meditating on God's word. Why? Is it a trick? Is it magic meditating on God's word? No. What happens is you meditate on God's word. It changes you from the inside out. You make the word of God speaks. It's alive. So it's inside of you. And, and as you meditate on, the, on God's word, it helps you make the right decisions. Are you with me today? So, so, so we believe every word of God's word. Amen. It's, it's, it's God wants to do brain surgery on us. And, 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 and it's way, his word is sharper than any brain scalpel. Any, any type is sharper than any two-edged sword. So his word gets in there and it changes us from the inside out. It renews our mind and transforms us, hopefully, into the image of Jesus. Amen? So that's what we believe in. The who. Who are we? Well, we're sons and daughters. If you're a believer today in Jesus Christ, you're a son and a daughter. You're not a slave any longer. Isn't that good news? I'm no longer a slave. You are ch the church. You are the beloved. All this impacts today what we do. The love, the who you are, the what you believe all impacts what you do in life. And that's, that's what I want to talk about today is what we do. What we do as a church. Some folks, they come and they hear messages week in and week out. And just fill me on this. 
and I don't know if they ever do anything with them. Okay? So how many know you can come and you can hear messages, but it's going to be left up to you if you're going to do anything with those messages. Amen. So a lot, a lot of folks can come and hear messages, but never activate those messages. Well, um, I want to let you know that it reminds me of those who uh, God gave talents. He gave one man 10, one man five, one man uh, one talent. And the one dude with the one talent, guess what he did? He went and buried that talent. How many of you remember that? Well, he was faithful with the talent. He was faithful with it. He took care of it. He buried it. But he never was fruitful with the talent. I think God, listen, is looking for more than faithfulness in your life. God is looking for fruitfulness in your life. Faithfulness is a wonderful thing. But fruitfulness is a whole other thing. And uh, the way that you're going to be fruitful is to activate, to practice uh, the word of God. Now, if you're here and you've never done anything with the word of God, guess what? You're still loved. We love you. We're glad that you're part. But I think that God has more for you. He has way more for you when you activate the things that you believe. Are you with me on that? I'm reminded of, of David. He, uh, he attacked this group of people, and he was going to go attack them. They had attacked Ziglag and took all their wives and took all their children, and David was just absolutely trained wrecked. And he took his men, and he went to go to attack this group of people who had taken his wife and kids and all their wives and kids. And on the way, there was 200 of the guys that were so burnt out that they just stopped. They, they just was left behind. But David went on with 400 and fought the good fight and got all the women and the children back, so forth and so on, right? They went back to the 200, and the 400 men was like, some of them were like, hey, man, we're not going to give them any of the spoil. There wasn't fighting with us. And David was like, hey, listen, they're our brothers, and we're going to share the spoil with them, okay? Well, you're part of Heart of the City Church. I believe you're going to be blessed because you're part of Heart of the City Church, we're going to share the spoil with you, but here's my point. It's a lot funner in the fight. If you get in the fight, if you're not just coming on the weekend and you get, if you activate your faith, it's a whole lot more. I tell you what, you're going to grow. You're going to mature. You're going to learn a whole lot. There is a principle that's called the uh, Pareto principle, and it's 80-20 principle. And what that 80-20 principle is all about is that in many cases, roughly 80% of the effects come from 20% of the cause. 80% of the effect comes from 20% of the cause. Now, what does that mean? Here, it's this simple. 20% of the people do all the work. 20% of people is the ones that give. 20% of the people is the ones that serve. 20% of the people is the one that serves in ministry, city group leaders, what have you. Now, why do you bring that up today, J.O.? Because I am so believing, because it's not Bible, it's a principle, but it's not Bible. I'm believing for a flip-flop. Say that with me, flip-flop. I'm believing for a flip-flop on that. Not 20% of people doing everything, but can you imagine if 80% of the church or more was activated in being active in their faith, doing what God called them to do. The impact that we will have, even more so, on our city, the nation, and the world. Can you feel that today? My question to you 
is are you a 20%er or an 80%er? Now, 80% sounds good, but it's not good. Not yet. We're bleeding for 80%, but right now it's not good because 20% are the ones that's doing all the work. Now, if we change that, I tell you what, you got to ask, your, ask yourself right now, are you a 20%er? Are you involved? Have you activated? Or is it just enough for you to come on the weekend? Well, remember, we love you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being part of the family. I just believe God has more for you. How many of you agree with that? Well, what we do around here, it's a very, very loaded question because I do my best to motivate people every week to, to do what God wants you to do, to grow, to be equipped. But how many know that motivation alone will not change you? It won't. I can, motiv- I can give you the greatest motivational speech every weekend. And, and preaching is not just motivation. It's equipping and teaching. But motivation is not, is not the end all. I can motiv- you, can, you can come and be motivated by the word. You can come and be motivated by the worship. Come and be motivated by God's presence. But that is not where it should stop. You can get addicted to motivation. It's like, oh, man, I go there, I get really motivated. Man, I get really pumped up on Jesus. Oh, man, that was really exciting. Worship, God's presence, man, that word was, I just, and then there's still no change because it takes more than motivation. It takes motivation and activation. That's Bible. You take what you hear, you take what you've learned, and then you activate it in your life And that is where you will become a lethal weapon. What if David, he was, I'm so motivated to take out jungle breath Goliath. So motivated. But he just never released the stone. It's motivation and it's activation. I want you to read a a scripture with me right now. If you'll stand to your feet. Uh, I like James. And I like James for this reason. James will kick your teeth in. Just, he will spiritually kick your teeth in. He, 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 Pastor James, he holds no punches. He will just kick your teeth in. And he does in this area. Why, why do I, I think it's okay to have a good spiritual kick sometimes. How about you? I mean, seriously, if it's going to motivate us to do what God wants us to do and to, to mature us and to grow us, I say, Holy Spirit, give us a kick. Okay? And so this is what James says when it comes to what I'm talking about today of activating your faith this morning, okay? So if you'll put that up, would you read with me on three here? I might interrupt. You know, I get excited sometimes and I'll interrupt. So I might interrupt because this is some good stuff. You ready? On three. You ready, Jamie? On three. Here we go. One, two, three. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness an overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. That's really good for free. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror for he observes himself goes away 
and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. How beautiful is that? If you just come to church and get motivated but never activated, you forget what kind of person you are. You go to the mirror and you look, you walk away, and you can't even remember what you looked like. It's kind of what James is saying there. Come on, you can be seated. Would you put your hands together for Pastor James? Does God really want us to work? Well, that work in that scripture, you know what it means? It means to toil. It means to deed. It means to labor. It means doing. It means to work. So there's a place where God really wants us to work. Well, what I'm talking about today is what we do as a church. There's many, many, I mean, I tell you, if I went through a list of honestly what we do at Heart of the City Church, we would be here for days. So I chose four kind of umbrella areas that I want to hit today. Now, Jail, why, why are you in this series? I mean, we're part of the church. We know what we do. Well, some of you who are very invested and some of you who are very activated your faith, I agree with you. But just the other week, I asked, I said, how many of you have been here for two years or less? And it was the majority of people. And it was like, wow. So I think it's very, very important that you, I have to remind myself that people haven't been here for over 12 years. People don't understand the DNA and the culture of the church. Craig, in a heart prep this morning, was talking about culture. We're not talking about culture of Vietnam or uh, African culture. We're talking about the culture of your church. When you walk into a business, there is a culture. You walk into a, there's a culture. There's a, there's a, a feeling that happens. You just, you know, I read a book years ago called It. And you walk into it, and it has it, or it doesn't have it. And that's kind of like the culture. So a church has, it has, it has culture. And that's, that's an important thing when it comes to who we are. Well, we have a DNA, we have a culture, we have hopefully an it, and you're here. You make up of that culture, you make up, up of that it, and the real awesome thing that we have is the presence of God, amen? And that's a wonderful thing. But my point is, is that everyone wasn't here for 12 years, and you're just coming on board, and we're so blessed with that, but we want to catch everyone up on, who are we? Where are we? Why do we do what we do? What, what do we do as a church? So I want to hit on four different areas this morning in, in what we do. The first one is this. First of all, we are a verb church. Can anybody tell me what a verb is? Action. If you've been around for a little while, how many of you would think or agree that Heart of the City Church is an action church? We're, we're, we're activated, man. We're, 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 and so my very first one is we are a going church. Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this because next week we're going to be talking about the going church. We're going to be talking about where we are going. Are you with me? But I want to hit it on a little bit because there's a little bit of differential right there is that we are a going church. Church is not all about just coming to a church service, even though I'm glad you're here. Come back every week. But it's not just about that. Jesus 
First of all, he got people going. He said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Jesus taught. He was all about the go. He taught the go. Jesus set the example as a go kind of individual. The Bible says God sent. Will you say that with me? Sent. So here are the verbs. Go. Sent. God sent John the Baptist, okay? So this Christianity, our belief system, is a lot to do with going. That's why it's important that you understand it's important that we're, we are doers of the word, that we activate our faith, or you're never going to grow and mature and receive all that God has for you unless you particularly activate your faith. Think about this, John 4, 4. Jesus had to go to Samaria. How many of you remember the story of the woman at the well and, and he went into a culture, a nation that Jews just typically would not go in, but he had to go. Luke 9, guess what he did? He sent out the 12. Go. Luke 10, guess what he did? He sent out the 70. Everyone say go. God was all about, he's all about, God is a going God. The gospel is a going gospel. Heart of City Church is a going church. This is what we do. How many of you, you know, you're on the way to an appointment or you're on the way to work, and you have this, particularly for me, when I hit 95, I can see if the green lights are all green or if they're red or if they're yellow. How many of you can see that where you're coming from? Isn't it beautiful when they're all green? I was talking this last night, and, and I was just going off on, yeah, you go, you just get green light, and I got to get to my left green light before it turns yellow. You know, yellow kind of means like a hurry up light, you know what I'm saying? And then red, and it's like, and I looked over there, and it was sitting in this area right here was state patrolman. I was like, hey, hey, John, man. He's a great guy. He's a wonderful guy. But I was like, ooh, he stood up and took a picture of me because I was just talking about green lights. But I say that because it's wonderful when you look and all the lights are green. It's like, yes, God is with me today. The favor of the Lord is upon me. All the green lights, amen. Not that spiritual, but are you feeling me? Yeah. Kind of. Sometimes you feel that way. My point is that we are a green light church. I don't think you need to pray a whole lot whether you're to go. I think you already have a word to go. I think you go in the gym. I think you, you go in your city group. I think you go in your business. I think you go. God calls us to go. I think about this, this really honestly a lunatic of a dude in I think it's Mark 4 or 5. Jesus pulls up. He gets out of the boat. And this now picture this for a minute. This naked dude meets him. I don't know about you, but that's just straight up, right from the get-go, scary to me. <laughs> now, think about it. I mean, it's for real. This naked dude. But he's not just naked, man. He's got a legion of demons. Let's, let's, just, let's just take it to another level. They've tried to chain him down and hold him down. I mean, he lives in the tombs. And Jesus begins to minister to this guy. And he cast out a legion of demons. And all of a sudden, the guy is, he's setting, dressed, hallelujah, and in his proper mind, right? 
And then that freaked out everybody because they're like, what? Why do you say that today? Because this guy that had been so radically touched by Jesus, you know what he wanted to do? He just wanted to stay with Jesus. He's like, Jesus, I'm going with you. Now, I can't blame him. If Jesus did those, I, I want to walk with Jesus every day anyway. But Jesus did that. I mean, in the flesh, there, he did that with me. I'd be like, Jesus, I'm with you. And guess what? Jesus would not let him go. I want to read the scripture just, so, just to kind of echo my go this morning. It's out of Mark uh, 5, 19 and 20. It's behind me. It says, and Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you, how merciful he's been. So the man started, look what he does. Everyone say go. It's beautiful. Look what he did. He went and he went to seminary. He went and he got a bachelor's degree in theology. He went and he got master's. No, he went and got doctor. No, you know what he did? He gets touched by God. God heals him, delivers him, saves him, and look what he does. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great news Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Wow. That's the greatest master's degree that you could ever have, is sharing what the master's done for you. That testimony. He went and he shared. He's preaching up a storm. This guy who had been demon-possessed now is an evangelist telling everyone about Jesus. Everyone say, go. We are a go church. Number two, we're not just a going church. I, I, I pray that the Holy Spirit puts a go in every heart in here. That things would, you know, if you've been part of the 80 percenters, the things would change and all the 80 percenters would turn into the 20 percenters and then that would turn into the 80 percenters and then we would 80 or above and we would be going. Amen. The Holy Spirit would do a go in every heart. I don't care if you're 93, you're a goer. If you're 12, you're going. We're going people. Number two, we're not just going, but we're gathering. Say that with me, gathering. Verb, we're a verb church, but we're gathering. We gather. We're gathered right now. We gathered last night. Yesterday morning, uh, a lot of folks gathered here for prayer. I didn't make it. I, my health got a little sideways. Thank you for praying for me. I really appreciate that. But we are a gathering church. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Acts 2, we're going to look at Acts 2.42 and Acts 2.46. How many know the Bible is just an amazing thing? I hope that you have a love affair with your Bible. And you're like, I can't go anywhere without it. Come on. It says this. I, I want you to see the gathering church. Verse 42 of chapter 2. It says, all the believers devoted themselves, look, to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing in meals including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Just think about that for a minute. Those are just some gathering, gathering 
examples. Look at verse 46. It says, they worship together. How many know we've been worshiping together this morning? We did it in, 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 in song and in music and, and with heart creative. But they worship together at the temple each day, met in homes. Everyone say gather for the Lord's Supper. And they shared meals. Say that with me, gather with great joy and generosity. The New Testament church, they're a going church. Jesus taught them how to go first. He taught them how to go. He says, come on, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He put, the, he put it out there for him. This is Acts, but before Acts, he shared the great commission, go into all the world and make disciples, go into all the world, preaching the gospel. He taught them about going, but they also was a gathering church. They went first, and then they began to gather. They gather. They gathered to learn God's word, just like we're talking about today. It's a wonderful thing to gather, the gathering church. They gathered in fellowship. I love fellowship. How many of you like to eat? I like to eat. I tell you, I made a mistake last night, though. I've been battling something for a couple of days, and I've been eating just a little bit. My wife made me a beautiful pot pie yesterday. It was so good, and just been eating very small, just like, and then last night after I preached, I was hungry. Oh, man, I was hungry, and I made a bad mistake. I went to Roger's. Amazing burgers, man. Burger, French fry, French fry sauce. And then sideways. <laughs> wow. But I like to eat. I like the fellowship. Amen. Gather to fellowship, gather to eat most of the time. Amen. Gather to prayer. We, we gathering yesterday, I tell you what, we have heart prayer. We have heart prep prayer before gatherings. We have gatherings, men, first Saturday, the, the women the second Saturday. And then like yesterday, it was men and women. I tell you, you know, there's something about the individual praying. But I'm going to tell you, if you read the New Testament real close, you're going to see a lot of the church gathering. There's something powerful when the elbow comes together and the knee and the neck and the shoulder and the fingers and the eyeballs and the ears. And all of a sudden, it's not just a toe praying, but you have the whole body praying with Jesus, the head. There's something so profound and powerful about that, the gathering church. When the gathering church prays, we gather, we gather to worship, we gather in small groups, city groups. I love the city group I go to on Wednesday morning. It's just absolutely phenomenal group of guys, man. Jimmy and Matt does a great uh, job in leading. Everyone say gather. We gather for encouragement. We have some different ministries. I want to highlight a couple of them this week. The one I'm going to highlight right now is on Friday night. It's called CR or better known CR or Celebrate Recovery. And it's powerful, man, encouraging, cheering you on. You may think, you, if you think it's just for the ex-heroin addict or someone still slamming, I got news for you. It's for the hurt. It's for the hurting. It's for those who, who just kind of get sideways in life. You need encouragement. You need someone cheering you on. You want to go through uh, uh, beautiful 12 steps, Christian 12, through the Beatitudes. It's wonderful. Everyone say CR. 
Daniel and Betsy, would you stand up real quick? They kind of lead the charge. They're wonderful people. Wonderful people. Wonderful people. Watch this video on CR. From a young age, I believed I was a disappointment. I sought approval in all the wrong places to try to make myself feel valued. Repeated, unhealthy, codependent relationships left me feeling unworthy and used up. CR helps me silence the lies I believed about myself. And today, I have healthy relationships and walk in godly self-confidence. I battled insecurities, anger, shame, and lack of self-worth because of physical abuse, sexual abuse, and abandonment issues. In return, I coped with drugs, alcohol, and porn. Today, I can say I'm no longer a slave. God and Celebrate Recovery has set me free, has restored my relationships, my sanity, and my self-worth. For years, I gambled to reduce stress. This contributed to a near divorce. In 2009, I was a broken man. Through Celebrate Recovery and the grace of God, my marriage has been restored and I've been set free from my gambling addiction. I've been set free from fear. Fear gave me a false sense of humility and I worked with guilt for three years. Now God's given me courage and boldness to live my best life and I give God all the glory. My childhood hurts led to a life of drugs, alcohol, and criminal activities. Twelve years ago, I found myself divorced and hopeless. Celebrate Recovery helped me heal from my past. Today, I am almost 12 years clean and my marriage has been restored. Due to physical, emotional, and sexual trauma, I struggled with shame. I couldn't trust, so I kept people at a distance. Feeling alone, I used food, particularly sugar, to cope. Celebrate Recovery helped me break free from shame. Today, I have healthy relationships and I've been free from my sugar addiction for five years. I've been hurt by relational trauma because of an absent father and an abusive husband. I became isolated, lost my self-worth, and used drugs and alcohol to cope. Through CR, God has restored the way I think about him and others. Today, I have godly relationships and know my Father in heaven loves me unconditionally. One of my many hurts was a loss of a loved one. For years, I carried around anger and for unforgiveness. Celebrate Recovery helped me process my pain and restored me today. I have forgiven the man who killed my sister. Have you ever struggled with your self-worth? In what form or fashion have you been hurt? Have you ever been overwhelmed by stress? Is fear holding you back? Do you feel hopeless? Do you struggle with shame? Do you need healing from damaged relationships? Have you ever been angry or had resentment? Thank you, Daniel and Betsy and everybody else who's part of CR. God bless you. What a, what a wonderful ministry. No longer slaves, are we? We're sons and daughters. We're gathering church. We're a going church. Number three, we're a generous church. 
Will you say that with me? Generous. This is what we do. We're a verb church. My wife coined this phrase uh, a few years back. Let generosity be the boss of me. And I just thought, wow, it's a wonderful thing. I want to start by thanking you because you need to feel this. Thank you for, because part of the city church is a generous church. We're able to rent the largest facility at the fairground and do what we were able to do last Wednesday night. Just loving on our city because of your generosity. We're able to church plant. We have a church plant now in Honduras, San Pedro Sula, and in Avondale, Arizona, and hope to do more. We just had a meeting on Sunday night about a new church campus downtown. Why are we able to do that? Because of your generosity, benevolence. We have a benevolence uh, fund here to help people either in the church or outside the church. We're able to do things like Father's Market and the clothing closet and, and on and on, helping single moms. You know how many this year, wow, single moms, it's going to a whole nother level. Uh, we're going to work with, Bobby, how many churches? Ten to, it's always been hard at the city church. This year we're going to be 10 to 12 churches on our single moms day. We're doing it at the fairground in order to help single moms. You know what ministry is? You ever want a ministry? If you ever want a ministry, this is how you get a ministry. You find a need and you fulfill it. You have a ministry. That's what Mother Teresa did. That's what we try to do here. You, tr you find a need and you fulfill it and it becomes a ministry. Well, you're a generous church. We have a situation coming up. It's a beautiful thing. We, if, you've, if you've been here for more than a year, you know about this. But every year, the, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we receive a thanks. Go with me. Thanks. Giving. We, we, we kind of put the blank between it because it's not Thanksgiving offering. It's a thanks giving offering. And it's a 2020 offering. It's for far and near. And so this year, the near, the 20, 2020 vision, the near is for two local schools, Winton, which we've adopted and worked with Winton for a very, very long time. And God has used us there to bless Winton and the teachers and the students. Just think about that. A church blessing a local school. I tell you what, it sounds like Jesus to me. And then this year, we're going to work with a church, I'm sorry, a school in Rastrum. Uh, called John Brown. I hear is a very hurting church, uh, school that needs a lot of help. And so that's our, that's our near, our far. The other night, whenever we were at the uh, uh, Wednesday night, I had a very important phone call at 6 o'clock. Uh, I was uh, calling a pastor in Cambodia. And this pastor in Cambodia, I tell you what, I've heard, I've heard him talk, but to hear him, we talked for probably 30, 40 minutes on the phone. I mean, Acts, the book of Acts is happening in Cambodia. The, the cities and nations are being absolutely transformed with the, by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, the, the, the nation's being turned upside down. In the 70s, uh, a third of the population 
was killed off due to genocide, communism, and now it's opened through all the pain and through all the suffering. It's like God has breathed upon that nation. And this, this pastor is a key person there in the church there, uh, in the capital city there uh, uh, in Cambodia. And they have this ministry called uh, Next Step Housing. So they have eight dorms. And if you can imagine, uh, young people coming to the city for the first time out of the rice fields or out of orphanages, and their lives can go sideways right now because they've never been in the city. Well, they have eight dorms where they take in the kids, free housing, free supplemental food, and guess what? He says, J.O., they come in, and in two months, they give their life to Jesus. And then all of a sudden, we raise up leaders. He says, I think he said he's raised up a couple of hundred five-star leaders out of this. You can have four at one dorm. It costs $6,000 for the entire dorm for a year. And I'm like, wow. Man, I, want, I think that's a great place to sow. Heart of the City Church, Coeur d'Alene, to sow into fertile ground that is changing lives. Amen? I want you to consider that if you've never been part of that. But thank you for your generosity. And the last thing I want to hit on is this. Number four, we're serving church. We're serving church. You would think that Jesus came to be served, but he didn't. Jesus came to serve. He said the greatest in the kingdom is a servant. This, is, this articulates Jesus. Listen to what it says. But emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant, and being made in the likeness of men. Everyone says, say with me, servant. Don't tune me off. You're like, servant. Doesn't sound real cool, J.O. The kingdom of God is upside down. It's upside down. Don't think worldly. Don't think secularly. You lead from underneath. You impact from underneath. Lives are changed through serving them, through loving them. Listen to what Matthew 20, 25 through 28 says. But Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Come on. Heart of the city church, it will be different. Heart of the city church, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came, for even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, the other night at the fairground, it was all about serving. Our first, first responders room, right in the back, the other night after the City Fall Fest, I drove through there, there was probably five or six first responders room in the, you know, like 1030 at night. We're here to serve. We want to serve the youth. We want to serve kids. We want to serve our city. I tell you what, you, you just can't go wrong with serving. It opens doors that nothing else will open when you serve. We have a great ministry in this church called Father's Market. You know what it's all about? Serving. Today, after the 11-11 service, they're going to be serving lunch for everyone that comes. They want you to get a feel for what it looks like in Father's Market and how you could be part of it, get a feel for it. Father's Market. Check out this video on Father's Market. Father's Market is a ministry that caters to some of the more basic needs of our community.
community members who might have certain needs. We have a food pantry, food kitchen, or a soup kitchen. We have a clothing closet. There's a tools ministry, which is kind of cool. We meet people on a real basic level because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. We serve the community in that way, and we've just been growing ever since the doors opened, and there's plenty of room for more growth. I love Father's Market. I came here because I have food service industry experience, and I came to serve other people, and what I found out is I was much more Martha than Mary. God is helping me just throw my heart in with my hands and my feet and just serve these people and love on these people. It's not about the food. It's about the people. He's changed me as much as he's using me to change other people and to serve other people. And my vision for this ministry, um, I love my Father's Market family so much. And uh, my vision is I want people to come here and feel like they're home. People know their name. People will love on them and just serve their needs all for God's glory. If you work with Father's Market or you have, you've served there, would you pop up real quick? Just pop up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you put your hands together for them? It's a wonderful place for your city group to come and serve sometime. Uh, I asked for the list to be showed. They, they do a list every week that's going to be in the foyer. Today, I want you to just look at the list. This is a list of the top 10 of the things that they need. And always toiletries is a need. And you may look at that and you go, Jay, I'm totally about health food. And you know what? Bring health food. They'll distribute it, whatever you can bring. You might not be able to come and actually serve at Father's Market during the time on Thursday, but you can actually still serve those who are less fortunate by bringing in canned foods or whatever the need is. Look for that list. Look for it throughout the week. It's going to pop up on the weekends. Amen? Activate your faith, not just motivation, but activation by doing, by being doers of God's word. Amen. And I tell you what, that, that, that principle, 80-20, we're going to believe that 80 is going to be the positive. We're 80% or more heart of the city church has activated and we're doers of God's word. Amen.